Yeah. Alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me. Change. Here we go, yo. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show. This is the place we come together just to grow. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Everything you need and a little bit more. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is the place we come together just to grow. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Got everything you need and a little bit more. What we about living, loving, purpose. What we about living, loving, purpose. What we about living. Loving purpose, what we about living, 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 loving purpose. We gon' impart to you all that you need. This is conversations with Kiani B. What we about? Welcome to Conversations, where we have genuine conversations that talk about life, love, purpose, and leadership, all from a faith-based perspective. I'm your host, Kiani B. And today, we're going to be talking about the heart behind social justice. The heart behind social justice. The past few weeks have been surreal. All over the world, There has been protests, passionate speeches, and a declarative outcry for equality. We are literally in the midst of history taking place. And with their moments, we have been thrusted into what seems to be a civil war. Where humanity has become priority and mankind of all nationalities, ethnicities, and cultures have come together to bring a stop to blatant injustice. While all over the world, we have watched the brutal murder of George Floyd, people of all races, backgrounds, and ethnicities across the world, even in other nations, have expressed compassion a weariness, even extreme anger and concern for humanity like never before. It can no longer be denied or hidden that there is an active problem with racism in our nation, as well as a legal system that is set up to oppress a people with unfair treatment and minimal to no access to resources that enable development for fair opportunity. That same legal system that protects law enforcement with unjust bias by making it so they don't suffer any consequences for their actions. So what is the elephant in the room? The elephant in the room in many of the rooms across the world is in fact racism. And that simply is the belief that there is a race that takes superiority over another. And that is not the heart of God. The race that should be in question is the human race in which every human being has the right to be treated fairly with due process and given an opportunity 
to be respected by not being prejudged and being deemed guilty prior than knowing the truth or information. The Bible declares in Galatians 3 and 28 that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. John 7 27 says, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. And that right judgment has to do with sobriety, meaning that you can think clearly and straight without bias. Do not judge by appearances, but take the time to listen, hear with the heart of truth. This is a very uncomfortable topic for many, but a very necessary conversation that needs to be had. I'm concerned about the heart of the sons and daughters of God. And this is exactly why I did this particular episode, because I've been concerned. There is a fine line between passion and hatred, guys, a fine line. As kingdom people, we have to keep our heart and minds clear. Okay, our first responsibility is to Jesus Christ. Now, I believe in protests. I believe in activism. I believe in the power of our voice and I understand the cause and it's extremely important. I am definitely for it and I'm in the fight. Personally, it's a part of what I believe in and do. It is a specific thorn in my side, the topic of social justice. So hear my heart, I'm in this. I partner with local organizations to help enforce and find ways to honor social justice to include reviewing the laws reviewing of previous cases that were not done legally and professionally, the honoring of civil rights and fair treatment, as well as direct and intentional confrontation of abuse of authority by police officers, as well as those in governing decisions in the political and legal systems. I'm for all of that. I've partnered with organizations that speak to that and in the midst of helping form organizations deliberately attacking those areas. We all know that every officer isn't bad, right? And we all know that everyone isn't racist. But what we do know is that something is wrong, guys. Something is terribly wrong. It's just a matter of those that can feel something is wrong and brave enough and honest enough to stand for truth, no matter what the consequence. And being concerned for the believers in the body of Christ, how they process information. There's been a few things that have been on my heart and it really has been that in the hustle and bustle of today, it is very easy for the enemy to trap us in a place of hardening our hearts and not being able to hear the Lord when instructed or directed because we're angry about what's going on. I wanna remind you that the spirit of racism isn't evil and it's real. This evil that we see was produced in the spirit first before it manifested in the natural. Everything starts in the spirit. Everything starts in the spirit. And it's important that we don't lose sight of the fact that racism is a spirit. It comes straight from the pit of hell. It is a perpetuation of division of hatred and selfishness, which is all the things that the enemy stands for, isn't it? If you have a relationship with God, 
you are required and mandated to uphold and honor that relationship above everything else. Only what we do for Jesus Christ will last. So we must be careful and conscious not to cut off communication with him and do what we have to do to remain sensitive to his presence and his spirit. Pray and ask him what to do next. Because it's so important to be in his will in this season. With the way the world is, between COVID-19, that really hasn't gone anywhere, and between this civil war for justice that we're in, you nor myself cannot afford to be out of the will of God doing your own thing. Okay? What am I alluding to? I'm alluding to the fact that in all the fighting for change, do not allow the enemy to infiltrate your heart, guys. What does that look like? We pray and we protest. We prophesy and we rebuke. We declare God's word and we partner with organizations that enforce social justice. We love and we also speak the truth with correction. It is not one over the other. It is both. It is both. Faith is dual. It is both confession or declaration as well as positioning. Okay, so that was my premise. Let's dive in. Now, we're going to start with some clarification and definition to make sure that we are all on the same page. Let's start with social justice. Okay, what exactly is that? Social justice is based on the concept of human rights and equality. It can be defined as the way in which human rights are manifested in the everyday lives of people in every level of society. A number of movements are working to achieve social justice in societies all over the world because they are tired of the injustice that has been around for so many years. Then we have civil justice. What is that? It is a way for individuals to achieve a fair solution when they have been injured or harmed due to another person's negligence, recklessness, or malpractice. The civil justice system allows one to sue for money, damages, and obtain recovery for injuries, also to the point of punishment, civil justice. And here's a bonus for you guys, civil disobedience. Hmm. Civil disobedience. Civil disobedience is the refusal to comply with certain laws or to even pay taxes and fines as a peaceful form of a political protest. Civil disobedience is the active, professed refusal of a citizen to obey laws that they are not in agreement with. By some definitions, civil disobedience has to be nonviolent to be called civil. Hence, civil disobedience is sometimes equated with peaceful protest or nonviolent resistance. Its purpose is to force concessions from the government that are occupying power. A great example of this, guys, that we all know about is Rosa Parks, right? Rosa Parks, the black woman that refused to give up her seat for a white man on the bus back in 1955, she played a vital role in the civil rights movement and started the infamous Montgomery bus boycott. And that boycott was a political and social protest campaign against the policies of racial segregation on the public transit system of Montgomery, Alabama. 
This thing lasted for about a year and it was eventually deemed unconstitutional. And that means that it is contrary to or failing to comply with the Constitution. It means it deliberately violates a personal constitutional right for people. Okay. And constitutional rights and meaning a fixed set of norms and principles that have been set in place fundamentally as of it's like it's law. Okay. Um, those things are helped to govern and effectively control the exercise of political power. So we need that, those foundational principles in place. And that was deemed unconstitutional. Those things that they implemented at that time with racial segregation. Okay. So that was your mini history lesson. <laughs> Why is social justice so important? Social justice is important, guys, because it promotes and works towards a society that celebrates diversity and equality. Having more equality and diversity in a society is good for society because it promotes growth, opportunity, well-being, and enhances the quality of people's lives. I am from South Bronx, New York, and I grew up in what I believe is a melting pot. In New York City, I did not deal with racism until I was in my early 20s. And that was at the time when I went to work in corporate America. But as a little girl growing up in the projects of the Bronx, I saw so many people that looked so many different, you know, colors, creeds and spoke different languages. But to me, it was normal. Um, when you're a child, all you know is that you love your friend and that your friend loves you. And those things are not important. No stereotypes, no barriers, no prejudging. You know, it's just love. And so I grew up in that environment, living in other places. I experienced the possible hatred that one could have for another. And it was very, very overwhelming. So I can say that being in a diverse environment really, really is important uh, to social justice and really is important to the building of a strong society. Because although the Bronx is not perfect, right, and there's no perfect area, no perfect city, what was clear is that we did not discriminate against one, uh, one another or each other based on the things that um, people would normally fight about because we were all the same. We were all the same and we saw it that way. When you have a society that enforces social justice, here's some of the things that you have to look forward to. Social justice will ensure that everyone gets adequate health care. Adequate health care. How important is that? It protects people with disabilities. It protects people from religion-based discrimination. It protects people from agianism, which means basically no matter how old you are, you're still relevant. I know a lot of people that deal with a lot of challenges um, as they get older, feeling like they're not relevant. And sometimes they even discriminate against because of their age. Sometimes say, oh, you're too old for this job. Right. It defends people from racism. It's a protection barrier when you have equality present. It helps promote Equal gender opportunities and meaning that men are not more superior than women. Women are not more superior than men. They both have the same opportunity to get a job in the exact same job with equal and fair pay. It helps promote economic equality, allowing the same opportunities in the black community than any other community, allowing the same opportunities to get jobs and education and those type of things that impact economic power and wealth. It helps improve educational opportunities for kids, making sure that these kids get the best education possible so they can go ahead and successfully impact the next generation. 
what happens if those things I just mentioned don't happen? What happens? I think, sadly so, we all know the answer to this. And the answer to this is simply just turn on the news. Because I truly believe that what we're looking at today, the time that we're resting and what we're sitting and setting and resting in right now has to do with these factors not being prioritized. Hmm. America the beautiful is what we have called this country. Even the home of the free and the land of the brave. I remember singing it in songs in elementary school in chorus class. Don't get it twisted. I'm grateful to be an American. And the fact that myself and others that look like me are made to feel like we don't belong here when we have just as much right as any and everyone else to be here, it brings a pain to my heart that I can't even put into words. People, we are beautifully diverse. A melting pot full of creativity, wealth, and so much possibility. Our differences should be celebrated and not intimidated or hated. A world with sameness is a world that can't grow or ever evolve. And I'm not interested in that. I want to talk about the human condition for a few minutes. The human condition. Racism is something that is taught, I believe, can even be inherited through family cultures and understanding. I believe that so many standing in solidarity right now have to do with them being in pain and getting a look at this topic and perspective and posture of people's hearts in a way that they never could see before. For the first time, we have so many law enforcement officers, as well as our sisters and brothers that we love and appreciate in the Caucasian community and other ethnicity groups, Asians and people all over the world. They have stood up for the African-American community and said that we are family. We love them. We feel that it's unfair and we want them to be protected. And we want them to have justice. In pain, we have come together in a desperation to make a difference. And I believe that that's exactly what's taking place, a difference. I believe that this movement and change and desire for solidarity is impacting our world in a way that it never has been before. I think there's been so much controversy surrounding the death of George Floyd in regards to his dying being merited or not. I'm not sure when death ever became a valid explanation for indiscretions, but I'm certainly grateful that God does not do to us the way people do people. To see videos of someone being killed and begging for their lives and not feel a thing is absolutely a heart issue. And it has grieved me to see how cruel people can be by trying to deflect the situation and make it something it's not in or bring in things of irrelevance to prove their heart, posture, agenda, and motive. Compassion and love goes past barriers in intellect. A direct connection to the heart 
compassion. And granted, the type of heart is hearts that are gentle, pliable, and moldable by God. It's important that we keep our hearts before the Lord. Now, I believe that God is not only grieved by the things that are going on, I actually even have a warning for you. Now, as things have happened and time has gone on, I hear and see a lot of negative responses and comments to things that are actually moving forward. And I can tell that some of the people are so tired and weary that it even hurts to hope, if that makes sense. It hurts to hope. People have kind of, you know, ventured to say that just because this happened doesn't mean things will change. And I understand them, but it's something that we have to really, really be mindful of. And it's something that we really have to be careful about. And it's the fact that we're not in expectation for God to do something great and for God to do something different. I honestly know and believe with my whole heart, guys, that things are changing for the better. And when things are being healed, there is an exposure that is painful at first and then it gets better. So yes, it will have to get worse before it gets better, but it will be for good purpose and reason and it will not be in vain. I believe that the Lord wants us to keep a heart posture of expectancy for him to be God and for us not to let anything come into our hearts that will affect our ability to look to the hills from which cometh our help, knowing that our help comes from him. We can't run ahead of him. We can't, you know, run past him. We can't do it on our own. We need him. And I believe that he wants our hearts to be in that posture because um, that's the only way that faith can really be activated. It has to have expectation as well as our personal efforts. Romans 2 and 11 says, for God shows no partiality. No partiality. And John 13, 34 says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Have I have loved you? It's a challenge, but it can be done. So what to do next with this moment in history? What to do next? The George Floyd protests around the world has been now documented as the largest civil rights movement in history. Breaking record numbers with active participating protesters, support and financial efforts. As a matter of fact, GoFundMe has noted that the George Floyd Fund is the largest in history of their campaigns ever done. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) What we can do when we stand together as the human race, look how powerfully we are when we are united. How do we respond to all these things happening? I mean, it's so much happening, so much going on. The only way I can tell you guys is that we respond with truth. That we respond with truth. I think that we should be self-aware. And no matter what ethnicity, 
that you are, you should really do a heart check and a self-examination to ensure that you have no prejudice and bias against a particular race. I'll let that sink for a second. It doesn't matter who you are and what background or ethnicity you are. Each and every one of us should do a heart check and make sure we have no prejudice or bias against a particular race. Because humans are people, people are people. And sometimes things can creep into our hearts and our minds, stereotypes, anger, bitterness about a thing. And we just kind of let it fester there. So part of how do we respond? We check ourselves, be aware of who we are. Okay. If you find out that you have any of those things, which is interesting is because I found that a lot of people are actually doing this. A lot of people are actually being effective in this and turn it over to God. If you find that there's any prejudice or bias in your heart against a particular race, um, all you have to do is repent, turn that thing over to the Lord and allow him to forgive and cleanse you. That's all you have to do. Be open and honest because God is gracious and his grace is sufficient. Just go ahead and turn that over to the Lord. You want to always be considerate of other people's pain and treat them as you would want them to treat you. Okay. Treat them as you want them to treat you. Be considerate guys of other people's opinions and how they feel. Everyone cannot think, feel, see, and hear what you do. Consideration will go a long way. Racism is something experienced just like privileges. If you don't have that personal experience, right? Sometimes it's easy to not respect that. Let the foundation of your disposition, no matter what's going on, whether you've experienced it or not experienced it, let it be respect because respect speaks volumes and it goes a long way. Be mature enough to at the minimum respect what you don't understand and know and be okay with someone else's difference. I'm telling you, it, it, it'll it carry you and it'll give you peace. Okay, it'll give you peace. I feel like where we go from here, a few things that we can do. Where we go from here. We ask God how to be a part of change that's happening in the earth right now. This is as kingdom people. What do we do? I think that we take time to learn and study the law. How many of you guys don't really know the law, right? Take time to learn and study the law. I think that we should look into local organizations that are working towards making laws better and see how we can help. Whether we're stuffing envelopes or sending emails, how can we help be a part of change? I think that we should be creative and innovative and create solutions to problems and not gripe and complain about problems. I think that's one of the things that we can do from here. I think that it's even important to donate to fundraisers and support efforts that are doing good in the community. Maybe you can financially support something that's in, in forward movement if you can't actually go and volunteer your time. That's something we can do from here. And something that's very important that we can do from here is speak up when we see injustices and stand for truth and solidarity. That's definitely what we can do from here. So I'm going to share with you my personal revelation. The Lord told me on June 1st that June was going to be the exodus. 
I didn't fully understand what that meant. But as the days go on through the month, I believe it's exactly what it sounds like, that we are coming out of something, going into something new. We are on the brink of true and genuine change, guys. It's already started. It's already begun. And like I said, be mindful. This is part of my revelation. Beware of negative and doubtful attitudes, right? Spiritually, I see many people flirting with the spirit of doubt and pessimism. Many people flirting with the spirit of doubt and pessimism. These people, nothing you say is good enough for them. Nothing that you say is good enough for them. They are not content. They will always complain and they will murmur. And because of it, their soul will not find rest. I'm talking about those that the enemy has begun to infiltrate their hearts with pride and with bitterness. Every time something happens, they are discontent. And no matter what happens, it will not satisfy them. I have an example for you. The world pleaded for the arrest of the officers that partook in the death of George Floyd, saying that they want the arrest and in the same breath saying that it will never happen. So people were saying basically that the officers, of course, should be arrested, which they should have been. And I'm glad they were. But then people were like, oh, they're never going to arrest them. They're never going to arrest them. But yet they were petitioning for arrest. So then when the officers got arrested, then the tone was, okay, they got arrested. And then it changed to just because they got arrested don't mean they're going to be charged. Just because they got arrested don't mean they're going to be charged. Then they got charged. And the sayings then changed to, well, this is not good enough. I'll be excited when I see a conviction. I'll be excited when I see a conviction. So this will continue on and on and on. This will continue on and on and on. Let this not be you. Because the Lord is not pleased with the disposition of doubt and the posture of not being appreciative of forward movement because forward movement is taking place. What is happening today has never happened before and it is praiseworthy. And there should be a posture of expectation for the best, trusting that in the midst, God is still God, still sovereign and still moving in the midst of petitions for change. When you trust his sovereignty and discern the climate, because those two different things, when you trust his sovereignty and discern the climate that we are in, your thought process should be in alignment with what is happening and not so much stuck on how you're feeling or stuck in the past. This has to do deliberately with your discernment, discern the climate, the season, be aware, be spiritually sensitive. Your emotions at this time, are most likely all over the place. And this is normal, rightfully so, okay? For good reason, with everything happening and what you're seeing every day on the news and social media, I understand why it's hard to get our emotions under wraps. But you're still required to be conscious. This is the kingdom mindset. I'm talking to kingdom. The word of God says in Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, why does everything have to go the way that it's going in order for things to turn out better? I don't know. That is the sovereignty of God. But what we do is we trust him. No matter what we see, feel, and understand. Why it didn't happen before, why it's happening now, we don't know. 
okay? Racism is something that's here and it's been here. It's been here. And, you know, I was actually talking to my mother and I didn't plan on sharing this, but I'll share it. I was talking to my mother and she shared that she spoke to the Lord um, about a week and a half ago and asked him, God, why is this happening now? It seemed like we got a rest from it for a little while and then it came back. And of course, saying that it didn't go anywhere, but saying a rest from it is like it was almost tolerable, even though it wasn't tolerable. It was something that wasn't in the forefront in an uproar before these few weeks. You know, what happened? And it would almost be perceived. Some people weren't even exposed to this. Some people thought that everything was okay. Some people had not even really experienced that in or know that this was still going on unless we saw something pop up on the news. And so what the Lord was explaining and showing my mom was that um, there was a gap in between what my grandparents went through versus what my generation is going through and saying that the baby boomers, which my mother is a baby boomer saying that the baby boomers era, uh, did, uh, a good job in building up strong in stature, the millennial generation. She said to me that you guys will do things that we could never do and that you guys you know, your strength and numbers and you guys' stamina will endure what's needed to be endured to complete this out. She also said that, you know, the baby boomer generation to the millennial generation, their kids, really put it in our heads that we can do anything that we want to do. Uh, gave us a push and a drive that says that nothing will stop us. We can have what we want. We can dream big. We can chase our dreams. We could really make change. And we are almost like rebellious in a good way. <laughs> and meaning that we will really fight and endure the test of time that we have zeal, ambition, uh, and stamina to really complete the task and the journey. And the, that's part of the revelation that um, the Lord gave her. But I understood it. I understood it. Because this generation, um, us the millennials, are very zealous. And we don't take no for an answer too quickly. And every generation was needed. Every generation plays a part. And we honor each. There's no superior generation more than the other but I believe God is doing something in this season and all hands on deck are needed I'll say that so guys be alert and hear God maintain your sensitivity and stay available to him so we're getting ready to wrap up with this particular episode and um, I hope that you guys really heard my heart today okay I'm going to share an ending quote with you and I'm going to actually do something a little different for this particular episode. I'm going to actually pray. Uh, God gave me a prayer that I actually prayed at my church about social justice. And I really feel led to share that prayer with you. So I'm going to end today's episode with prayer. But before that, I'm going to share my final thoughts and end with a quote that I wanted to share with you guys. So for my final thoughts, um, I just want to say I thank you guys so much for hanging in there with me today. This was a sensitive topic, but like I said, I felt like a much needed discussion. And I pray that you were blessed. I pray that um, you were informed. And I pray that your hearts are hopeful for God's faithfulness to reign in this season. 
Um, me personally, my family is diverse. I have blood relatives, some of my best friends and loved ones, and they are the following. They are black, white, Italian, Korean, Hawaiian, Asian, Filipino, Indian, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Haitian, Panamanian, all islands and African descent. So for me, <laughs> this comes from a place of purity because it's my life, those I love. And social justice, racial equality is vital to continue to evolve and grow. My ending quote, no one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. And that was Nelson Mandela. My final scripture for you before I pray is Isaiah 117. And it says, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless and please the widow's cause. Isaiah 117. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you, God, for your faithfulness. And we thank you, God, and honor you to be Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the carrying and the keeping of your sons and daughters. And God, we thank you that you reign on the just as well as the unjust. We thank you, God, for moving and breathing on our nation. And Father, no matter what it looks like, God, we are mature enough to understand that you are still in control. And we are mature enough to understand that you are still Lord and that your promises are yes and amen and that you're always working in the background. Father, we come to you today and petition prayers about social justice. God, we pray for upholding of human rights and equality. We pray for fair distribution of wealth, opportunities, resources, and jobs for everyone. Father, as kingdom, we stand up and we pray and we speak on behalf of the oppressed. We pray against violence in our nation and we break every sanction put in place that condones acts of unfair privilege, prejudices, and abuse of authority. We speak against the spirit of murder, of innocent bloodshed, assault, and battery. And God, we declare that these protests be peaceful. God, that even your presence would be there. Father, we pray for the dismantling of legal systems and processes that brings bondage to people, that has unfair treatment, that does extreme punishment, that does unwarranted punishments, that do unjust convictions, and God, that does false imprisonment. In Jesus' name, dismantle these legal systems. God, we pray that the enemy's camp would be confused and destroyed. God, we pray that your strong arm, hallelujah, God, that your strong arm be released against the enemy in his camp and that your fury and rebuke go against all the powers of hell. We pray for the stripping of power of those that have wicked hearts 
and operate in high places. We pray for the crumbling of all demonic systems that carry evil, wicked agendas and prejudice bias. We pray that you, the God of justice, arise over this nation. And God, we pray that you superimpose your will in the earth as you've promised in your word. God, you said in Proverbs 21 and 15, when justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. And Father, we thank you that all underlying wickedness and evil agendas be exposed, that it may be healed in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for the headway of change. We see it every day on social media, in the news, in the street. God, we thank you for change. It's challenging, but God, we thank you, oh God, because we're making headway. We thank you and take the time to celebrate the little victories because it is those little victories that lead to those major shifts. We say that we are grateful to you. And we say, God, that we stand in expectation. Forgive us, oh God, when our heart was not in alignment. God, we trust you and we trust you to avenge your sons and daughters. We trust you to avenge us in power and love as you declare in your word in Romans 12 and 19. Holy Spirit, I pray, oh God, that you release your will in this nation, Father God. And we say we come into agreement with whatever you want to do, God. We say we'll pray and we'll petition and we'll do our part. God, we say we'll speak your truth and love. We'll represent you right. God, we say we'll honor your heart and our going out and our coming in. And we put you first. God, we pray a fire to yokes of bondage to the oppressed in this nation. God, we prioritize you and we come to you with unified hearts and ask that you heal our land. You said in your word, God, in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if your people called by your name would humble ourselves, pray, seek your face, turn from our wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven Forgive our sins and heal our land. And God, we ask you humbly so, please heal our land, God. Heal our hearts and our minds. Heal our land. God, we love you. And we pray in this nation for peace, for liberty, for unity. God, we love you unconditionally and we want to love others like how you love us. We want to represent you in the earth and we thank you for your goodness in Jesus name. Amen.